All right, so let's turn our attention to this now. A study at the University of Stellenbosch Business School has looked into how organizations should deal with a crisis. And it's highlighted basically an employee-centered approach. Now, joining us for this conversation is Liana Kotzer, who is an MBA graduate at the University of Stellenbosch's Business School. Uh, Liana, I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Uh, Good morning to you. Good morning, Kathy. You got it spot on. Okay, great, great, great. I haven't been having a great day, a great day with names today, so thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for that. You know, firstly, let's perhaps just contextualize then um, the the research that you had that you have conducted and, and why it is you started to look into this idea of of crisis communication in organisations. For sure. So last year, when the government imposed the lockdown in the face of COVID, our first hard lockdown, I heard all my friends and family complaining about how their organizations were treating them and what sparse information they were getting about what's going on, what's going to happen. And so so I started wondering, well, I mean, is there precedent for this? Do we know how to handle these types of things? And that's why when I came upon internal crisis communication, so that is basically what motivated the study. And then, of course, starting to look into that, I found that international research showed that organizations generally take a very external approach to their crisis communication. You know, they are focused on their shareholders, on their partners, their mm-hmm. customers. They don't bother to look inward. And, of course, I could only find international studies on it. Nothing really specifically in Africa and nothing at all in South Africa at all. It's not surprising because when you listen to, um, in particular, workers in this country, there is a sentiment or there is a narrative that those in in, 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 in managerial and executive positions often tend to withhold information, then mm. share information within organizations. And therefore, you know, they're more likely to find out about things that affect their companies in the media than they exactly. are to find out from those that they report to. No, that is exactly the narrative that we're so used to, Kathy, as you say. But that is what made the outcome of my research so surprising, was to find that Based on the evidence that I collected, and I mean, I spoke to people in companies from like, you know, small mom and pop shops, one, two, three employees, Mm. to listed companies with thousands of employees. It turns out that overall, South African organizations actually do take a fairly employee-centric approach to crisis communication when we look at it objectively. How did you measure that? So what are some of the things that you discovered during this research? So what I was looking at specifically was the needs of employees. As we know, employees have a very special relationship with their organization, more so than any other stakeholder. I mean, for most of us, our livelihood depends on our employer's continued existence. So I went to look at what our employees need during this time and are organizations actually generally meeting these needs and actually in the first place also just trying to find out what employees' needs are. And what I found was generally, yes, they are trying to do right by their employees. Mm. Now there is, of course, 
the as you referred to just now the tran- the level of transparency in the information that is given through that is one point of contention between employees and employers generally workers feel that they want more transparency they want more information whereas often organizations feel that, well, they will overwhelm the employees if they give them too much information. A lot of the information might, might sound very scary to employees who don't have the full context of it. So organizations tend to be a bit more opaque, whereas employees want more transparency. I want to talk about how different the finding in terms of having an employee-centered approach was different in South Africa than uh, some of the international research that you were comparing it to. So I did not specifically look at the differences, more just Mm. the fact that there is a difference. Mm. But what we basically found is that in these cases where organizations take an employee-centered approach, because obviously not all the employees and workers that I spoke to had good experiences with their organizations. Some had terrible experiences. But in organizations where employees were treated right, if you will, they had a very positive reaction and positive sentiment and goodwill towards the organization. This increased their identification with and their trust in their employer. And this actually um, sustained or increased their engagement with their work and thus made them more productive which is obviously very beneficial for an employer, for an organization. Mm. Are there particular ways in which organizations um, exercised care or, or consideration um, in how they were dealing with employees? Yeah, so what basically this comes down to, this whole taking an employee needs approach, is when any of us are faced with a crisis, you know, we feel um, afraid, we're filled with trepidation because this crisis makes us unsure of what the future holds Mm -hmm. regarding something that's important to us. And as we said earlier, something that's quite important to employees is their livelihood. This is one of their needs. They need these things that they are worried about to be addressed. So by helping employees through this process that we call sense-making, which is when they're gathering and processing information to understand the crisis, to make sense of it, and to figure out how they must move forward. By helping them through this process of sense-making, employers can get them to that point where they kind of have made sense of it and they Mm. can be engaged in their work and so on. So what can employers now actually do to help their employees to meet their needs? So the first and most important thing I would say is to tell employees what impact will this organizational crisis have on them. So that is, in other words, your job security, your salary, and other related issues like that. Then tell them what is going to happen from here. What does the future hold? Mm. Now, of course, in both of those instances, I found, for example, during covid Many organizations didn't know what the future would hold. They had no information to share with employees. They didn't know how long would lockdown go on, what would they do, because it was sprung on them. So it was interesting to find that in those instances where employers don't have full information to yet share with employees, where they simply then told employees, listen, we don't know exactly. We will tell you as soon as we can. 
this is what it looks like currently, but we just can't say for sure. Mm. Employees were actually very comfortable with that. They felt good about the fact that, well, at least we know you are trying to help us out. So by giving them that information that we know is cardinal to them, that is a, the first and most important way so, that so, employers can show yeah. the care and consideration for them. So, so some information, even if it's not good news, is better than no information at all. Exactly. And employees aren't stupid. You know, they understand that you don't have all the information, but they want to know that you are looking out for them. They, they understand that the show must go on, obviously, but they need you to respect their situation both mentally and on the ground with, with that, what they might be dealing with mm. in their work as a result of the crisis. Liana Kotza, we're going to continue our conversation in a moment. Let's take a quick break. And uh, if you also want to get in touch with us, of course, uh, you're more than welcome to on this issue. How can you have an employee-centered approach, particularly in times of crisis? Across South Africa, online and on radio, SAFM, let's talk. It's still live on the talking point, crisis communication. It can often be one of the most difficult things to do. You're getting questions about uh, probably answer. You're, you're being asked questions that you probably don't have answers to. Liana Kotza has been looking into what it is that organizations can do to better manage communication, especially internally during a crisis. So, um, Liana, we've talked about the transparency that needs to be there, especially on issues that directly affect employees, job security, salaries, and, and any other related issues. The messaging, why is it so important for it to be consistent? Of course, Kathy, the consistency of the message is so important because once employees start hearing information from different sources, they become even more confused and the mm. process of sense-making that we discussed is interrupted. So what we saw in many organizations was, of course, during a crisis, be it personal or organizational, we all feel the need to discuss with others what's happening. Mm. That is called collective sense-making. And that is both a great thing, but it can also be a terrible thing. When employees end up gossiping, they hear stories that someone somewhere made up or misunderstood, then they become more frightened, more anxious, more confused, and they are slowed in this process of sense-making. So where organizations can help there is to facilitate this collective sense-making. They can provide employees with platforms where they can discuss these issues company-wide or team-wide, departmental, however. But the best way that they could possibly do it is if the situation allows, of course, which something like COVID now made a bit difficult, but in other organizational crises, employees generally trust their direct managers most. Mm. That's the person they work with the most. They know them. They feel comfortable with them. So where employers can make sure that people at a certain level within the organization, a certain level of supervision or management, that they get a clear message about what the organization is trying to communicate to their employees. And if they can then sit down with these employees in a safe space 
and discuss these issues and allow the employees to ask questions, to make statements and discuss it amongst themselves. That is absolutely fantastic. This idea of using surveys, questionnaires, feedback platforms uh, for employees, do you find that a lot of companies actually implement that? Absolutely. Per my study, definitely. Uh, So that then ties in, of course, with one of the other important things that organizations need to do, particularly to show care and consideration. Mm. They need to ask employees and they need to listen to them. How will you ever know what someone's needs are if you don't ask? You could make some assumptions and be right on some fronts, but generally you need to ask them. So I found that especially larger organizations made use of surveys and platforms But then across all organizations, what they made use of was direct interaction with employees, speaking to them, asking them, what's going on in your head? How are you feeling about this? Do you Mm -hmm. have any concerns? And of course, they're making use of your, if you will, eyes and ears on the ground. So for example, direct management that we spoke about, they know the pulse of the employees, what's going on, what are they feeling? And they can feed that up into the higher echelons of the organization. You know, ultimately, this information, this research is there to try and and, and help, you know, organizations better deal um, with times of of crisis. What is what is the one thing that you discovered in this research that you that you found perhaps was not being implemented in the best way possible by the organizations that you were speaking with, but that's something that's relatively easy to do? I would say just having plain clear and relevant and useful information. Mm. Some organizations, in fact, many um, went on a complete info dump. They were emailing employees every day, taking completely different tactics. Some would be like, oh, we care so much about you. Please stay safe. Whereas others were throwing fear mongering, like you have to work hard or else you're going to lose your job and so Mm. But just giving employees information that's clear, that's relevant, and that's useful to them. That, I would say, is the single most important thing, aside from, of course, just addressing the employee's needs. But Mm -hmm. this is a very important need of theirs. Mm. What are you hoping will become of this research, Liana? Well, I'm hoping that it can definitely be explored further within the South African context. Because, I mean, COVID was now a nice example that everyone experienced. But organizations uh, experience crises all the time. So I think there should be further research into this to determine, can we say, universal employee needs. Mm. So that employers know which are the important issues to tackle first and alongside asking and listening to their employees about things. And then, of course... I found some really useful tips, essentially, in my research that um, can be used right now by organizations Mm. to help themselves along in this process. Liana Kotze, let me thank you so much for your time today. She's an MBA graduate at the University of Stellenbosch Business School. So uh, part of Liana's research then showing that uh, South African companies are actually not doing bad. They're not doing badly when it comes to taking their employees on the journey and you know communicating with them trying to be as as honest as tr- and as transparent as as possible of course on uh, on the other side of that is that when you often hear 
um, even some of the calls that we'll take on this show, the experiences of people, I, I don't think that it necessarily applies across the board. I think you might have, uh, you know, some companies that do a really good job of that and others that leave a lot to be desired. So interesting to actually hear that research and to see how companies were responding um, in particular during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, look, I, I suppose I, I sometimes just wonder, I'm like, what is the world going to look like after this pandemic? It's almost like nothing existed before it. Our our world has just been so consumed by everything that has happened as a result of it. And, um, you know, to imagine how different life is going to be and what that life will look like post-COVID, it's it's so difficult to do in in this moment because we're not even at a point where over the next year we can confidently say that we'll have herd immunity, we we can finally get rid of our masks. It doesn't look like we're we're there yet. So yeah, it's still a road that that we have to walk on this one. It's 11.30, Nomsam Guli standing by with your latest headlines.